Hello, my friends. This is the podcast that brings a wealth of knowledge, expertise, and fun of Twins Smoke Shop, New England's premier smoke shop, right to you, wherever you are, whenever you want it. And that's Not Just Blowing Smoke. You can find us at our website, notjustblowingsmoke.com, and be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Not Just Blowing Smoke. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Not Just Blowing Smoke, coming at you live from Twin Smoke Shop Studio Headquarters in Hooks at New Hampshire. Be sure to hit that subscribe button Buttons. on uh, YouTube or Facebook if you're watching us live. If you're listening after the fact on Podbean, iHeartRadio, Spotify, iTunes, Google, or wherever else you got this podcast from, make sure you hit that subscribe button so that you don't ever miss a thing. I'm Pastor Padrone. Here with my co-hosts tonight, Pat and Dave. Yo. Shell is off tonight, and we are starting off the show with a review of the Surrogates Animal Cracker AC550 Cigar. It is an Ecuadorian Habano Oscuro wrapper with Nicaraguan binder fillers. It's a Robusto. It's 5x50, hence the name AC Animal Cracker 550. If you didn't figure that out, well... Now you know. Okay. <laughs> and um, we are going to also start off with uh, something we haven't had on the show before to pair with the cigar, Johnny Walker Double Black. I'd never heard about this tonight before. Tonight. That sounded <laughs> dumb. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, it, what's uh, what's the deal uh, with this? Do you know how it's different from regular Johnny Walker Black? So the only thing I could really find on it is the maturing process is at a minimum of three years. Mm -hmm. So I believe that is different than the core line Johnny Walker Black. Yeah. The, the label says it's a little darker, a little smokier. Yeah, and it's which, finished in oak casks. Right, which I thought would go well with the cigar. Had a little taste before the show. Mm, of course and, you did. Uh, Hmm. Thought it would go uh, just a little taste. Just it was like out of my same glass here. Don't cry, Dave. All right. <clears throat> So, uh, what are the first impressions ooh, of ooh. the uh, cigar tonight? I'll let you know when I let it. Uh, you're really behind today. Yeah. Um, to me, this is, it's earthy. It's a lot earthier than I had expected it to be. Um, that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just more earthy than I thought it would be. Lots of black pepper spice, especially in the retro. There's some on the palate as well. Um, I also get notes of cocoa and a little bit of graham cracker and some charred oak as I smoke this thing. I had one earlier today. Thought it was uh, it burned really well. Really enjoyable cigar, and I'm hoping this does the same. Yeah, it has a uh, closed foot on it, so once you light it, you're obviously getting basically all of the Habano. Right. And right off the bat, it was like really, really like dark, kind of rugged earth, black pepper, mm -hmm. um, a little bit of that cocoa in there. And then, so obviously that's the Habano. And mm. then as you kind of, you know, cigar heated up in the fillers and binder started kind of get added to that profile, I think there's a little bit of a, there's a sweetness that's there. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I think that cocoa becomes more pronounced. I think it also has kind of a creaminess to it. Too. There is a little bit of a creaminess to it, but it's it's a very dark kind of flavor. But there there is a nice creaminess to it. I I guess the name Animal Cracker made me gave me the preconception that this was going to be more of a medium bodied cigar, right. and it's not at all. I, this does not at all remind me of an Animal Cracker. Although there is, I feel like a little bit in the background. The there's does. there's a little bit of graham cracker in the, but maybe more of like. Have you ever had those chocolate graham cracker cookies? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. It, it's more like that than like a regular graham cracker or an animal cracker. I feel like the uh, the room note is more like an animal cracker smell to me. An animal cracker, <coughs> cracker, 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 cracker. Mm -hmm. So what have you been doing lately, Dave? Just, you know, helping friends, going out, yeah. What have you been doing lately, Dave? Well, I had the last two days off. A lot of work around the house. Mm. The normal thing, trying to keep things clean when you have a house full of teenagers. Mm. There's always something to clean up, always laundry to do, always dishes to do. There you go. It's nuts. I've been busy spoiling my girlfriend. Oh, see now, mm. now the information is starting to come yes. out. What have you been doing to spoil your girlfriend? Lots of massages. Massages. Yep. So there's Leg nice rubs. salty oak that's coming out. Of the cigar too. <laughs> <laughs> nice salty oak. <laughs> Just add that note to it. Salty oak. Do you not want to hear about Dave giving his girlfriend massages? Uh, you know, I'd rather not. I'd rather be uh, getting paid to listen to it. <laughs> What about you, Pat? What have you been up to lately? Uh, I started my first day of school, uh, well, this semester. So I've been deep Your first in, day of this semester? Yeah, for law school. Yeah. So I've been deep in, like, constitutional law, wills and trusts, um, business finance advising. There's a lot yeah. of pepper in this. There is. <laughs> <laughs> Do you not want to hear about uh, Pat's school, Dave? Uh, not unless I'm getting paid for it. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> At least it got a smile out of you. Yeah. Yeah. It, it did. It did. It did. So, do you know what kind of law you're actually trying to to do, or are you still in the like in the beginnings of things and little this, little that, learning um, how to do everything? Thing about law school is a lot of it is like, I, I'd say the first four semesters is. Doing boring. everything. It's yeah, well, not really. I kind of enjoy it, but it's doing everything. So you have the bar exam, it has seven sections and you basically take a class per section. So okay. like your core classes. But when it comes to like specialization wise and what I want to focus on, mm -hmm. um this semester I I could choose two electives, so that's wills and trusts in that business finance class. And um I don't know, I, I definitely want to do something in the industry if I can. Mm. So that's kind of my goal. And I think Wills and Trust, I took it because, like, you know, they say when you pass the bar exam, you have, like, relatives and in-laws you didn't even know existed coming out of the woods to ask you for a will and everything. So <laughs> I took that because it's good to know. And then business finance, I feel like that could be applicable almost anywhere. That's all well. very true. I have some friends who went, you know, and got their law degree and, and – Oh my gosh! Everybody wills and trusts, wills and trusts, and the thing is, they they, they want it for nothing. Yeah. Because they're family and friends. Mm -hmm. You know, so make sure you don't get uh, taken advantage of there. But to answer the question, 
I'd rather, I'd, something in the industry for sure. Mm -hmm. I mean, what that looks like right now, I don't know. Yeah, sure. But it's, it's definitely early on. something involved in the industry. Mm. Um. Mm. <laughs> oh, Dave. Okay. So, um, what are you getting from the cigar right now? Before Lots that, before that, um, it, it, I'm, I could be wrong, but isn't the surrogates blended by Pete's brother? I believe so. Yes. Okay, because I, I thought I heard that, so I wanted to make sure that was true. <clears throat> we could do a fact check. Good. I think I, I think I saw it. I think I smoked this cigar. Like the want, cigar I, makes this drink taste really creamy. Yeah, I want to say that I smoked this like two winches ago. It was pretty early days and mm -hmm. me doing cigars, and I remember it was freezing outside. So mm -hmm. I was like, I don't know, like this. I mean, to me, like you said, medium body. When you looked at it, mm -hmm. I, I guess I took Animal Cracker as like a like an fu cigar, like pepper, like mm -hmm. spice, full bodied. So I'm like, oh, this is probably gonna be good outside. So remember, I lit it, and I, I the first draw I did, I did a full retro. And uh, it, it I went, yeah, right? I, I went <laughs> absolutely numb. So. Yeah, I mean, one of the reasons I wanted to to do this cigar, other than the fact that you know, surrogates is not a line that we've done on the show before in three years. We haven't done a surrogate, so it's time to do something. But uh, this is one of those cigars that that I've had people ask for. You know, do you have any animal crackers? And ironically, before. Today, preparing for the show, I had never had an animal cracker before. Yeah, me neither. You know, I tend, I tend to, you know, the the those cigars that have that real popular, everyone's looking for them kind of thing, or real kind of culty um, aspect to them. You know, I get really kind of like, well, what's the what's the deal about those? Mm. You know, and this is one of those cigars that that uh um i've always heard people asking about but for whatever reason had no desire really to try and um uh, it was nothing like i expected or it is nothing like i expected i'm smoking it right now it's not like it was but um yeah, i'm, I'm really are the two of you surprised by how intense the flavors are especially the pepper notes yeah i am i mean you know when you hear a cigar called animal cracker and then you you smoke it and you're like, holy crap. You know, it's kind of like, I think that, you know, he had a, he had the last laugh there, mm. you know. Um, I think that, I think he was, I think it was on purpose. It was definitely on purpose. That was definitely. Well, what was, what was, what was the purpose, do you think? Um, well, animal characters are like, you know, sweet and mild and bready and everybody loves them. And then here's this full body, big peppery cigar that not a lot of people like, you know. So it was kind of like, I don't know, that's how I thought it was kind of like a tongue-in-cheek type of thing. Like, well, it's, you know, stuff that's named after food items are bad, and, you know, it's engineered for kids or something like that. This is not a kid cigar. It's not a newbie cigar, you know, or anything like that. It's far farthest from it. What so do you I think, think, Pat? Do you agree, disagree? Do you have a different opinion? Do you not care? What? Well, I was shocked with it when I first had it, Then now that I've kind of have a palate now I didn't then you know I can appreciate <laughs> it much more than I did and I think the thing about them that I appreciate is it, it kind of it so it's still very tatuaje like mm -hmm. but it, it 
it, it's another end of the spectrum of the profile that you typically expect the tatuaje. And I've also had the um, the eight ball and the tramp stamp, which because mm. I, I think there's <laughs> seven or eight, sorry, yeah, there, mm -hmm. there's a handful of them. Love the names. And there's like each of them is unique in its own way, and I think that. The reason why the Animal Cracker is my favorite one is because, again, like whenever you hear anything that comes out of Pepin Garcia's factory, because yeah. that's who makes hat, it, it's that, you know, pepin spice, you know, that pepin pepper. Mm -hmm. And I, the thing pepin about pepper. usually in, you know, pepin cigars, it's either going to be like a pepper bomb in the beginning, in the middle, in the end, because the way that he's rolling the tobacco is it's they're all the leaves are rolled in the same way so like right. the tips of the tobacco is going to be towards front of the cigar. it's not like you know moved around so you're going to get like that that lajero spice like right in the beginning or it's going to be rolled the other way right in the end but with this cigar you get that you know that pepin pepper like the entire time the it never entire dies down time. yeah so somebody like me that really appreciates that kind of like earthy you know dark oak wood just pepper bomb mm. you know i really appreciate this because it's not just like a third of the cigar it's the yeah. entire thing especially because that wrapper is closed mm -hmm. and you light it up so you get you it. get a lot right up front like it doesn't it's, take yeah. time to heat up you just you're right into it during the entire it starts time. intense and it it you know calms down a, a tad but it stays at pretty full throttle what do you think you think all the, the way through the cigar you think the drink uh mutes it a little I, I feel think like the, it's just a, the drink just a little bit brought out more of that creamy texture that we were saying before was kind of there. It definitely, I think it kind of mingles that sweetness I was getting with the oak wood. So it's more of like a sweet oak. Mm -hmm. And then it kind of leaves like more of that like spice in the tip of your tongue. It's still on the yeah. retro, but it gets, the, the retro is not as intense after having a sip, but it does definitely like sit more on the palate. Mm -hmm. But I mean, the drink itself is very smooth. I mean, if yeah. anyone's drink, you know, regular Johnny Walker Black, it's 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 smooth still. It's not like having an Augbag Ten, but it's like this. Definitely, you can tell that the age and the oak barrel really came out. I think that's yeah. why the oak notes getting brought out more mm -hmm. too. Because again, I think it's what is it like six years, seventy percent of the flavor and right. a spirit's going to be from the barrel that was finished in. So that oak's definitely coming out. And you had a sip of the drink, you got like that immediate like bam oak. I, at least I did on my palate. Yeah. After I smoked the glass, I didn't get that. What do you think, Dan? Um, when I smoked the glass, um, the the drink itself got a lot smoother and sweeter. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, the cigar, um, some of that pepper on the palate got toned down, not at all on the retro. Mm -hmm. I don't think you can do anything to this cigar and have your nose feel safe. You know, it's now I like that. I yeah. like a good strong pepper. Yeah. Um, but uh, the 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 graham cracker and cocoa that I get in the cigar when I have it on its own, that went away mm. with the uh, uh, double double black. Um, it got sweeter, but not with that cocoa and graham cracker kind of finish. You know what I'm saying? Would you agree, Pat? You're kind of nodding. Yeah, for those it's of us um, who are more of like a listening to the like show. a dark caramel sweet. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like it could just be it's just a transition from the cigar, but it's like on the palate and the retro, you're getting a lot of flavor. Like you're getting a lot of sweetness, that oak, that earth, mm. a little bit of like a Cajun spice, like that earthy kind of spice, and then 
during the retro mm-hmm. the same thing but then after the retro like those darker flavors just mm-hmm. linger on the finish like all that sweetness is gone it's like dark pepper dark leather dark earth so I, th- I just think it's really the drink's definitely enhancing the palate but it, it's it's a really unique kind of experience because you're getting like those savory sweet salty flavors mm-hmm. in the beginning of the you know the draw and then the retro but then you get like those more darker flavors on the finish <clears throat> what was interesting for me too is that i i didn't honestly care for the drink mm-hmm. until after i had the cigar i didn't like that i didn't like the the, the mouthfeel of the oakiness that mm-hmm. it, uh, that it left me i'm not not a fan but with the cigar that kind of takes that away and um makes it taste better to me anyway mm-hmm. we'll get dave on the scotch just like we did on the bourbon, right, Pat? We'll try to. We'll try. We'll try our best. I like um, scotch. Let me um, <laughs> let me tell you my uh, cigar confession. That's a little bit early, I know, for the show, but I think it's going to lead into some other discussion here tonight, and um, that is that uh, my confession is I love it when people come in and say i don't really know much about cigars but i want to learn something i'm looking for something to to start with where where should i go and i love that because you know i i love educating people about cigars and pipe tobacco pipes whatever whatever they want to do and it's it's one of my favorite parts of the of my job is being able to help people understand um, uh, what's available to them, help them find that perfect cigar that gives them the experience that they're looking for, that pipe tobacco that gives them their experience that they're looking for. And, you know, I love seeing people who are eager to learn about that. And, you know, conversely, you know, the person who comes in and says, I'm look, I'm, I'm getting together with a bunch of guys this weekend. I'm looking for something. Uh, some of us are cigar smokers. Some of us aren't. What can you show me? And, you know, so I'll start making suggestions and you just see the eyes kind of glaze over and they're not really interested. And that's, to me, that's kind of a, I'm like, ah, oh, that's just so sad. You know, it's like, if you're not really interested in kind of investing a little bit of time into learning a little bit about what's out there for you, there's no guarantee that you're going to enjoy any of this stuff. You know what I'm you know what I'm saying? I, I love it when people are interested in finding out more about what this hobby, this pastime, this this uh, culture is, the cigar smoking culture. Mm. What do you guys think? Um, so honestly, I kind of like have numerous perspectives of that. So <laughs> numerous but, perspectives. The, the first one is bullet point one. So to, to me, A3. at least, you know, I, I think we've <laughs> we've said this numerous times in the show, but like the point of going to a B and M and what separates the B and M from a wholesaler online is the fact that you have that like personal right. experience in the shop. And, you know, obviously, if somebody just wants to come in, grab and go, you know, if that's what you want to do, I have nothing against it. Yeah, it is what it is. But I think that when somebody takes advantage of that 
one-on-one -on -one time with a tobacconist, it, it, it definitely enhances that experience because if we're able to ask you the right questions and get answers and we can put you on something that we think you're going to enjoy and that you're probably going to enjoy and i mean a kind of my recent example is i have a gentleman that started coming into the shop i want to say a month ago but he's probably been coming in before that just, yeah. i just started working with him a month ago and at first he was kind of just one of those guys who's kind of pick up some smokes and go you know he would have my home I don't really know if many people talked to him. He would just kind of come in, didn't really say much, bought, and then left. So then I started kind of looking at what he's smoking. I started kind of talking him up and asking him a few questions. And then it kind of went from him being not disinterested, but just kind of there and he you know, thinks he knows what he likes or he, he has the idea of what he wants to mm -hmm. kind of picking my brain a little bit. And that relationship turned into like every time he walks in, it's like a big handshake, one of those half bro hugs, and he, you know he's wicked stoked because every he's tried cigars that he hasn't had before, and that each right. and every one of them is hitting his palate basically the way that it's intended to, because right. he's giving me what he likes, what he likes about a cigar, and then every time he comes in, he gets another one that I can kind of gauge the experience with, and, and he's you know I create a monster yeah. <laughs> because he comes in you know gets cigars a lot, but he's like wicked stoked and it's like you know he was a guy that would kind of walk in the shop he wouldn't really be smiling he just kind of get what he wants and goes and now whenever he comes in it's like not only he is he smiling but i'm mm -hmm. smiling and like co-workers like show smiling because we all know who he is now because he's, he's coming in off yeah 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 and mm -hmm. you know like w when a consumer wants to learn about the product it's, it's gonna deliver because like again you know we know like the the background that what goes into that product like you know hundreds of hands touch that product before the final hand being yours who's going to be yeah. smoking that product and people that want to get into that you know the rich history and just even the process of how it's made it's it just makes when you sit down smoking it that much more enticing because yeah. it's, it's it's unbelievable how much goes into the product so there's so many different ways to get into this i mean there's the historical end you know, cigars have such a rich, rich history going mm. back hundreds of years. And, you know, understanding that history and, and how things are made and how things have changed over the years, that's interesting. Then you've got the, the whole blending idea, you know, all of, all of the different uh, leaves, countries, regions, how those regions change the the flavor profile, how the aging or curing or fermenting changes the, the profile of, of the tobacco that's used in a blend. That gets, you know, that's a whole other thing. And, you know, then when you get into the, you know, uh, when customers just start to realize, you know, you know, one of, what, let me, let me, I guess I should backtrack a little bit. I almost always, when I recommend a cigar that somebody has not yet tried, I tell them, come back and tell me how you liked it. Yeah. And seven times out of ten, they do. And, you know, I'm glad to say most, you know, the vast majority of the time they're like, that was exactly what you said it was going to be, you know. But even if the answer is, you know, I didn't really care for it that much. Okay, well, 
why didn't you care for it that much? That helps me understand their palate. It helps me understand where they're coming from. And then I can kind of hone in on exactly what they're looking for, what their palate's like. I, I, I love that kind of thing. I mm. love it when people come back mm -hmm. and say, I'm, I'm totally into this. Now, I love it when I have a new, a new customer who's never smoked a cigar before, and I get to pick them out their first cigar, and I'll tell them about it, and I'll be like, you know, when you come back, just tell me what you, what you liked about it, you know, or didn't like about it, and then we can explore other spaces. Right. You know, and it's so cool when they come back, and they're like, you know, mm -hmm. oh, I liked it, and I liked it. I'm like, well, what did you like about <clears> it? <throat> it was smooth, it was this, it was that, you know, and then, um, and then you get regulars out of it, and that's just awesome. Yep. You know? I, I, that's my favorite part of my job. And then, you know, kind of jumping back, I remembered a, th a third thing I wanted to say. You know, there, the other thing that, that people can really get in on is the, the process behind making the cigar. Mm. I mean, it, it is amazing to me. It, you know, I, I think the industry average is something like 300 hands touch the tobacco that, that goes into making a single cigar. And when you think that, you know, that many people you know somewhere between you know 100 200 300 people are involved in making a cigar come to market and it's six eight ten twelve bucks twenty bucks even if it's thirty bucks you know for for that many people to be involved in the process that's an incredible thing and it's an investment that's and the, that's and, and when you understand and when you watch somebody put together a cigar and and roll the binder and and, and and i mean roll you know bunch everything together put it in the binder and then roll the wrapper tobacco around it put the cap it's mesmerizing it's such artwork to watch it being done it's it's amazing yeah since i started working at twins you know in my my friends list facebook has been growing like almost daily it, it because of it, I keep seeing like reels from people who actually roll cigars. Mm -hmm. Like, and I, I can't not watch them. You know what I mean? Every single time I see it, I'm like, wow, it's 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 so amazing to see someone just, you know, whip out a cigar. You know? Yeah, I I know. Um, it was a it was a huge thing up at, up in the uh, 724 lounge when we we had Hamlet parodies mm. a year or so ago in the store. Uh, rolling stuff. I mean, people couldn't stop watching it, and uh, it was it's it's great to watch somebody do that. Um, is this cigar changing for you as you're smoking it, or are these flavors staying fairly consistent? To me, it's gotten a little, it's toned down a little bit. I mm -hmm. mean, the retro hail is still there, but it's kind of like it's melding together better than what it was. Like before, I feel like at the beginning of it, it was some of the stuff was very pronounced and separate. Now it's kind of like melding together the earths, the leathers, the peppers. Yeah, for me, the cocoa ness, the creaminess of the cigar is, is kind of increasing as I'm going down it. There's still plenty of pepper, still plenty of earth. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and in, while I would, you know, I don't want to give the wrong impression, I think the cigar is very kind of smooth and creamy, but there is a roughness to it. You know, it's not a, uh, it's not a Veracruz blue, let's put it that way. Mm. 
Have you all had that cigar yet, the Veracruz Blue? A couple of them already, yep. Really good. That's just smooth, wicked creamy. Some notes of, you know, wood, little leather, and then this really, really great kind of uh, um, caramel kind of finish, toasted caramel kind of finish. It just lingers on was that Was that a Habano wrapper, too? I can't remember off the top of my head. Do you remember, Pat, that is? It's the same wrapper as the, uh, as the uh, Escaso, right? Yeah, I I'd say, um, I, th I think it's Ecuadorian Habana Rosado. Mm -hmm. Very, very nice cigar. This is a little bit more gruff. The construction on this is still just as good. Yep. Absolutely. Smoking wonderfully. So, on the other hand, you know, when it's great, I love the fact that customers ask questions. On the other hand, you know, when when customers, you know, don't kind of know what they're talking about, but they think they know what they're talking about, <laughs> that's really kind of like, I, I sometimes it's it's hard to deal with. Like, I remember, and this wasn't recent. But, uh, you know, I had a customer come in and ask me for a cigar made by Hecoe Mano. Which, for those of you who may not know, means... Handmade. Handmade in Spanish. And is on probably half to three quarters of the cigars in any given shop. And I just looked at the guy and said, yes, we do. We have lots of them. <laughs> can, you give me, can you give me another idea of maybe what you were looking for? You know, but... Um, you know, how important is it for consumers who are coming into the cigar shop to be willing to put in a little bit of time and effort to be educated about what they're doing? I'd say it's important. I mean, like, we're fortunate to have the staff we do at Twins, but I mean, you know, I, I've heard stories of people going to shops, not necessarily just in New Hampshire, but just like any shop, mm -hmm. and, you know, they're get kind of upsold on something because you know it's not that even the person selling them is doing anything wrong but it's like if you go in and you say you know i want a really good cigar that's smooth you know mm -hmm. that that really good cigar could be like a 30 dollar atabay and the person that's helping you may not know you know whether or not that's what you want or not but then you end up buying it then you'd be like oh it was good but it wasn't that good for 30 dollars where if you just learn about the product, like, again, like, price doesn't necessarily mean quality, right? right. Like, like for instance, this cigar here is, what is it, eight bucks, nine Eight and bucks? a quarter, yep. And this is a, would be right on the palate for some people that I've worked with. And, you know, so I think just having a little bit of knowledge about the cigar, because, again, like, when you walk into a humidor, you have, you know... Four dollar cigars, ten dollar, fifteen, twenty, thirty, mm -hmm. hundred dollar cigars, and I just think at, at the minimal, if somebody just learned a little bit about the product, they would understand that you know, essentially almost any premium cigar, especially ones that are in retail stores, are going to be good quality, and you don't have to you know collate it with thirty dollars or you know et cetera. So yeah, I mean this is I I I don't know about you. Can we can we say we're enjoying this cigar? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, here's a. This is a great example of a very, very fine cigar that's less than ten bucks. You don't have to spend a lot of money to have a good cigar. 
you can spend a lot of money and get a really good cigar, but you don't have to, you know, price doesn't always mean quality. Mm. And, you know, I, I would preface that by saying, you know, if, if you're buying a, a Davidoff or an Atabay or a Byron or, or, a, you know, another high-end cigar, you know, like Placencia Almaforte, you know, um, where you're paying 20 bucks a pop. I mean, you, you should be expecting to get a great cigar for that money. But you don't have to put out that money to get a great cigar. That said, you know, with the way things are going, you know, in the world today, finding a great cigar for under 10 bucks, I think, is getting a, more and more difficult. But they're still there. We have a, this being one. We have a question on YouTube. Mm -hmm. uh, what cigars do you recommend for people trying to develop a palate for flavor? <clears throat> well, I suppose that's what you mean is uh, what type of flavor are we looking for? Yeah, that would be the first question I'd ask is what kind of what kind of flavors are you looking for? Yeah. Are you looking for something, um, you know, that's that's. Are we talking Creamier, tobacco flavor? Saltier, sweet flavor. Are we talking pepper? Are we talking, um, you know, a flavored cigar? I mean, you know, it, you can go all over the place. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, if, if you're looking for uh, something that is smooth, creamy, and nutty, and see, and and then I would go with. Uh, um, you know, one of the, the Ashton, you know, white label cigars. If you wanted something that was more in the the um, smooth, creamy, and cedary kind of range, I would definitely go with a, a 724 WK, mm -hmm. which is one of my favorite cigars. Yeah. If you want a Connecticut that has, a, you know, a little bit more oomph, a little bit more like of a of, of spice to it, the uh, Agonorsa Connecticut um, would be my choice for you. So, and you can kind of go from there. Sweet smooth. Huh? They're saying sweet smooth. Sweet and smooth? Yeah. Sweet and smooth. Um, so does he mean develop a palate as in, like, distinguishing what it is you're tasting or developing a palate by getting a cigar for already known flavors you're trying to get. I think, like, th this is one of the questions that... I, I, this is what I think he's asking is, like, what cigar should he get to train his palate? Like, if he wants to get, like, sweet and smooth, like, what, how he can... Mm -hmm. Like, what should he get that it can help him distinguish what sweet and smooth is, you know? And I think that... And I, maybe this isn't what he's asking, but I, this, I'm just going to go on a rant because I, not a rant, but a discussion because I, I get asked this a lot. And, you know, I've had people Pat, ask what's me. what's sweet and smooth? What's well, sweet and smooth, Pat? Well, because, I mean, How even. How much time do you have? <laughs> even us, like, you know, we, we sit on this podcast every week and we shoot off flavors that we're getting, which is very mm -hmm. subjective. True. And we. I don't think we expect other people to get those flavors. We don't really kind of walk anyone through how we're getting that, you mm -hmm. know? And I, I guess just briefly mentioning it in case it does. Oh, what he's, yeah. yeah so, so he agrees with you. Yep. So the, the way that I've kind of trained people to do it is 
essentially like your palate being your mouth um it, it can t uh, taste sweet sour salty umami which is considered savory and then bitterness so on your palate typically like the umami the savoriness is going to be center palate side palate is going to be your um salty and then your sweet's going to be on the front on the bitter is going to be more towards the back, the back. Yep. Mm -hmm. and then i'm missing one. Oh, salty is also going to be like front side so whenever i you know tell someone how to taste a cigar the first thing i tell them to do is just take a draw from the cigar kind of like i chew on the smoke i kind of like slap my tongue around a little bit because you have like those oils that kind of sit on your tongue when you're drawing from the cigar you want to mm -hmm. kind of dispense those over your palate mm -hmm. and then you want to exhale the smoke through the mouth don't retro to start with and then there just kind of distinguish what it is you're feeling on your palate you know like on this cigar i said that sweetness i have like kind of a sweet coating on like the sides of my tongue that spice is kind of like having like this kind of sensational thing on the tip of my tongue mm -hmm. you know when we say like woody that's usually considered more of a bitter kind of flavor earthy mm -hmm. is going to be considered bitter coffee is going to be bitter so that's going to be more of like back palate then that center palate's really going to be where all those flavors are kind of mingling that's what umami is it's savory mm -hmm. it's kind of a combination of all four of the other flavors so when you get creamy that's going to be center palate and so sweet's going to be front and then smooth i would correspond that with creamy that's going to be center palate so after you kind of get those core flavors down, that's when you're going to want to start, if you can, which if you if you don't retro, I highly suggest learning how to, because that's really how you get a lot of those flavors, that, at least on the show we talk about. Because mm -hmm. you have a lot more sensors through your nasal passage. So when you retro that smoke out, now you're getting that taste and smell, which is what we would call aroma. And when you School do the retro, that's when, when you do the retro, that's going to be where a lot of those nuances we talk about come from. Like, you know, on the cigar here, you know, in the beginning, we're saying we're getting earthiness, pepper, oak, sweetness. But then on the retro, I would say maybe Dan would agree that's where the graham cracker came yeah. from. I don't think that was something he was getting on his palate. But that mm -hmm. retro, kind of how it commingles those kind of tastes and smells, you know, that kind of bitter cocoa went a little bit of that savory kind of creamy notes and that kind of divulge into a you know graham cracker you know more of that savory kind of cocoa note so that, that's how i kind of teach how to do it you know just focus on the palate don't retro just get those five main flavors down just kind of like each of your palate just kind of feel and just taste what it is on each section of it after you distinguish that when you retro having that kind of foundation of okay that's what i was getting there mm -hmm. now this is obviously different what's different about it just take those core flavors and kind of distinguish what that kind of evolved into and you know for kind of a great cigar to to <clears throat> try that with you know smooth creamy and sweet i would one of my go-to cigars for that would be a sober mesa brulee yeah um it's very mm -hmm. easy to pick up on those new on those kind of nuances with that cigar they're very overt and if you do what pat said and kind of concentrate on your palate and where you're experiencing those things you'll start to you'll start to pick that up not all cigars are as overtly uh sweet and creamy as that but that's a great place to, that's a great cigar to start with because it's giving you exactly what you're 
wanting and you know then you know uh, to bring it up again the verico blue is also very smooth and sweet but in a different way um but if you started with a brulee mm -hmm. and then moved into something like that then maybe a wk would uh 724 wk would be another great cigar to try that with um it's it's I hate the fact that Hammer and Sickle is no longer around. I know because, because the, that, that the tra the tradition Connecticut would be so great, you know, a great move to try that with. Yep. But um, you know, that's that's what I would do. Start with something like that and look for those things and and think about where you're experiencing the flavor on your tongue. Um, I know it's not a that we're still in the cigar section here, but uh, um, on smokingpipes.com they they come out with a they do a newsletter every week and this last um newsletter one of the um articles was on tongue bite mm. and pipe smoking did any yep. of you read that i know yep. i highlighted yeah and it was very similar to the back in this universe they go into yep. the whole thing about your your mouth and your palate and your tongue and the different places on your and, and so even though it really ultimately gets into pipe smoking the first half of the article is really just about how you experience taste um both in your on your palate on your tongue and through the nasal passages and if you go to smokingpipes.com and you go up and you hit um the uh um the there's a little thing up there go to their blog and look up the latest thing and it will come up and and it's very very educational on uh, it'll give you everything you ever wanted to know on uh, how taste and uh, your olfactory senses work as you're smoking something. Mm -hmm. There's even a little diagram there. Everything Pat was talking about about the different parts of the tongue and and what each part of the tongue um, picks up. So uh, there's a nice visual there for you as well. Um, one one of the things that w in that article that I thought was amazing was it it said that there there are eight hundred different muscles in your tongue. Wow, that's a lot. That's freaking amazing. All the different parts that 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 make it work. It's it's just such a complex organ. We don't really think about it. You know what I mean? The tongue's just a tongue. Wow, that was that, that was, was deep, quiet, Dan. Deep, yeah. Mm -hmm. What's the final uh, verdict here on the uh, in all cracker and the pairing? The animal cracker was a fabulous pepper bomb, mm. and uh, I think the uh, I think it paired well. Um, I liked it because uh, for me, it took a little bit of that oakiness off. Um, Oakiness off the, the drink, the drink, and made it sweeter. And um, I feel like the drink also brought out a little bit of sweetness in the cigar. Uh, but the re the uh, the retro hill, the pepper didn't go away, which was a huge plus. So I thought it was a really good pairing. Mm. What do you think, Pat? I thought it was really good. Like I said, like if you're someone that likes that kind of pepin pepper, mm -hmm. then this this cigar is going to be what I would suggest picking up, just because it has that pepper throughout the entire thing. But it also has a lot of like nuances, like those kind of sweet, earthy, kind of salty kind of flavor notes that kind of mingle with that pepper. 
definitely yeah um that kind of charry flavor or even like a almost like a burnt end kind of a note to it um uh definitely you know after that first uh quarter inch half an inch uh the cigar starts to, to kind of fill out and you get lots more flavor and complexity to the cigar but um that opening profile of strong wood earth pepper leather that that all stays through the entire cigar but uh as you smoke through it um it's more balanced by the the uh cocoa notes and that that again i agree with you pat that that graham cracker kind of sensation is more something in the retro um which is you know so if it, it's one of the great you need to retrohale your cigars if not every time you know every once in a while because you do pick up so many more kind of nuances in the the flavors and smells by by doing that than you do just by exhaling the smoke out of your mouth mm -hmm. yep all right uh we're gonna take a break when we come back we're gonna switch over to the pipe and we'll be looking at this burly flake number five by cornell and deal don't go anywhere we'll be right back all right everybody we are back and we are now smoking this Cornell and Deals Burley uh, Flake Number Five, a blend that was put together by Jeremy Reeves, who was on the show last week. Um, and on the tin, it says CD's Burley Flake Number Five is a robust, sweet blend of light and dark burleys with zesty red and bright Virginias and just the right amount of spicy, dark fired Kentucky. Mm. It's manufactured by Cornell and Deal. Of course, it's a burley blend. Um, and you just heard what was in it, Burley, Kentucky, Virginia. No flavoring. It is a uh, flake. And we're continuing to pair it with the uh, uh, Johnny Walker Double Black. I'm going to get a little refill of that here. Um, you know, I, I get a lot of kind of rich, nutty flavors from this. Some cocoa notes. I think it's a good follow-up to the other cigar. Um there's a kind of a clove-like spice with this, though, as well as some notes of bread and dried fruit from the Virginias. But uh, I'm interested to know what you guys think. There's a little sour or something. I don't know what to call it. Yeah. I guess the intermission just wasn't enough time to get everybody's pipe lit. Yeah, I know, right? All this dead air. Mm. It's definitely like a kind of a dog fruit sweetness on the retro. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's very nice. It's nice it's rich it's um very very smooth there's a good sweetness to it too um that dark fired kentucky adds a little bit of smokiness to it um so so far so good 
I do see that clove kind of spice we're talking mm -hmm. about. Yeah, that's one of the things I really liked about this blend. Is that clove kind of spice. Maybe that's what the sour is. Is that clove spice? I think that's what I'm tasting. You would describe describe clove as sour. Well, it's a sour that's kind of like botanical. So, yeah. Mm. So, we've been talking about education and, you know, we've talked about how that's one of the things that we really enjoy about our work as tobacconists. Um, it's one of the benefits of going to a brick and mortar is that you get that personalized one-on-one -on -one, um, to help you get uh, information that you need so you can have the best uh, experience that you can. Um, you know, I've been at shops where um, people really did not, the people who were serving you did not have that education. Um, either because they didn't care. Sometimes it was because they didn't smoke. I've, I've been to cigar shops where the person behind the counter, you know, who was not the owner of the shop, but somebody who was hired, um, smoked cigarettes, but did not smoke cigars. And therefore had, it could only go on what they were told, but couldn't tell you anything by personal experience. And, you know, it's it's really hard to help somebody when, in a cigar shop, pick out a cigar when all you have to go on are magazines and their ratings and what people tell you about the cigar. Mm. Have either of you ever had that experience getting um, helped by somebody who really didn't know what they were talking about? Thank God, no. Yeah, I haven't been to I don't think I've been to any shops other than <laughs> um, yeah I have to say I was spoiled by my brother for the entire time you know it's like here try this Padron you know <laughs> you know my first cigar ever was an exclusivo so <laughs> yeah <laughs> kind of like my first scotch was uh, Glenfiddich 21 I've been spoiled so mm-hmm mm -hmm. Yeah, Dwins is is unfortunately the exception and not the rule. You know, I I think that uh, you know it's you know not to toot uh, our own horn, but yeah, I, I mean, well, you know, I, Jeremy Reeves was was telling me, you know, last week when he was here that he went into a cigar shop um, that had pipe tobacco and it was a shop that carried Cornell and deal pipe tobacco. And he asked for assistance, getting some stuff. And the guy behind the counter said, Oh, you're a pipe guy. And you know, he's talking to the guy who made the pipe tobacco that's on the <laughs> shelf, you know, didn't recognize him. Oh, you, you need to come back on Tuesday between the hours of 11 and two. That's when our pipe guy is here, you know, and just, not having any kind of idea or, you know, just feeling completely lost or not caring. I don't know what it was, but, um, you know, it's, it's it, unfortunately, you know, 
you know, we, we are kind of, you know, it, it's great to have been, all the shops I've worked in have been shops that really prided themselves on educating their staff so that people could get all the information they needed about cigars or pipes or pipe tobacco so that they could have a, a great experience. So, and, and that way I've been spoiled too. You know, I, I've never had to work at a place where, you know, that wasn't something that the owners cared about. You know, they didn't just want somebody running the register. They wanted somebody who could um, passionately speak to what was in the store and help mm -hmm. people out. You know, but um, where did you guys get your education for things? Or where's a good way for people to get education about um, cigars and pipe tobacco? Um, I would say that, you know, I learned so much from tobacco university mm -hmm. you know that is such a great resource for anybody to go the fact that anybody can use it you mm -hmm. know you don't have to sign up you can just go to the site and go through the whole college and just read it you know it's such a uh such a huge resource you know and then uh they you know like this section on just tasting is pretty much verbatim what pat said yep you know um and it's it's uh it's great. What a great resource that is. And so isn't, uh, um, uh, Jesus, the, the website where you sent us that, that link from. Oh, right. uh, the Cornell and deals, um, smoking pipes, smoking pipes, you know, they have them great editorials there. Mm -hmm. you know, Half wheel. Half wheel's a good place. What about you, Pat? <clears throat> Honestly, I mean, I kind of talked about my education experience, but I mean, you know, it started off with me knowing nothing, and I just worked at a smoke shop, so that's probably a good way to do it. But, mm -hmm. um, you know, talking to people that knew more than I did, you know, going down the retail between shifts and picking up stuff and kind of getting a little bit of knowledge on it when I'm smoking it. Um, and then I, obviously, I'm certified under the Tobacconist University, and that kind of set, like, a really solid foundation for me to kind of learn more. Mm -hmm. And then from there... You know, whenever I smoke anything, I would just use half wheel or something, and I would just look into what I'm smoking and kind of distinguish what regions everything's from, you know, kind of pair my tasting notes with what the blend is, and then yep. just kind of like, most of those reviews have some historic background to the cigar, and you can just kind of, mm -hmm. you know, as you're smoking it, read it, and then, you know, the experiences kind of mix together, and then it's more memorable, so you kind of sticks yeah. a little bit, like, for instance, like the the animal cracker i remembered that it was pete johnson's brother because i'm pretty sure i read that when i was smoking it the first time yeah so. yeah yeah i i think i think where you get your information from is important because not every you know now i know and I'm, one of the reasons i'm bringing this up is that not everybody is as fortunate uh not all of our listeners you know have a cigar shop that's nearby to them where they can go to get accurate information on uh, cigars, tobaccos, how to smoke, how to go about doing it. Um, and, you know, so we're, we're fortunate, you know, in, in New Hampshire, there seems to be a cigar shop on every corner, you know, and some of the best shops in the country, you know, are here. Twins being, of course, uh, the chief of them, in my opinion. Uh, but, um, there's lots of places out there that that uh, 
you can really get the wrong information from. You know, I've I've been shown um, <laughs> TikTok videos <laughs> of how to cut a cigar and, you know, person taking the cutter and literally lobbing about an inch off the top of the cigar. And, you know, I just kind of, <gasps> you know, kind of, you know, have the this experience of anxiety you know watching them do it and thinking somebody is doing this thinking they're doing a favor yeah it's kind of like that meme that goes around saying prep your gas tank for the winter by pouring sugar in it (laughs) Mm -hmm. don't do that yeah Yeah. and and uh you know um places like half wheel you know they double they they get their information about what's in the cigar from the manufacturer they are very very uh, conscientious about getting the correct information about what's what's in the cigar there. Um, when we talk about a cigar, we've gotten it from the manufacturer, or I've gone to Half Wheel if I couldn't do that um, to get our information about the cigar because I I want to make sure that what we're talking about is actually true. I don't want it to be up for debate. You know, well, you know, you're not always able to find out. The exact things that are in a cigar. Some companies don't disclose exactly what a cigar is made of, um, both to keep other companies from copying them, and and you know, kind of along that vein. Some cigars are really simple, mm. and if people knew how simple it was, you know, the to you know make that kind of flavor profile. Um, it would be very easy to copy, so they'll undisclose it or not not announce what's in there. So undisclosed doesn't always mean it's some special rare tobacco, uh, although that's true in some cases. But um, I think it's really important that you have a good, trusted place to get information from. Tobacconist University, uh, and if you the website for that is tobacconistuniversity.org. Um, that's a great place to learn about cigars and pipes. Um, Jorge Armenteros, the guy who put that university together, was the guy who trained me. He's done a lot of work with Pat. And, you know, Dave's used that site as well. Um, one of our goals at Twins is to get everybody certified one way or another. Um either as a sommelier or as the certified retail tobacconist at Twins. Um, and e- even even the people who have not done that have gone and read the book. They've gone to the website. They get that information. And that's really, that's what sets uh, a really good tobacconist um, apart from your, your average cigar guy that's out there um, who's working at a shop. Um, the people who have that information and know how to take care of cigars, know how to uh, properly use all the accessories. Mm-hmm. Um, that's all That's all really good stuff. And one of the best places to get that is Tobacconist University. I totally agree. Rod says uh, he has no BNM and he gets his information from us. Rod is also a lawyer, uh, Pat, and he's very smart getting his information from us. Mm. Um, you should follow his example, Pat. Mm. Mm. Yes. Take should. good care of Rod, Pat. <laughs> puff, puff. What do you think of the tobacco now that you've had a few minutes to kind of puff at it? 
Hmm. It has like a really like thick kind of, so it's kind of, I've used this once before. I think it goes with a burly blend. Mm -hmm. It's, um, it has a really nice sweetness to it, but it has like that spice. It's, it's like an all spice, but it reminds mm -hmm. me of like pumpkin spice. Reminds like, you of pumpkin spice. Like it's not timid spice. It's pumpkin not, spice. There's, there's no pumpkin there but it has like that kind of savory kind of coating with the spice if that mm -hmm. makes any sense like yeah if, if i <laughs> all spice but for whatever reason it reminds me of pumpkin spice hmm. do you get that dave can I you relate to of... what what pat's saying mm -hmm. i can i can relate to a little bit of that yeah, yeah, no, there's, is, there's there's definitely some of that kind of some kind of spice, maybe that that cloviness, you know, that spicy. Um, it's got a thick, sweet coating. Mm -hmm. um, it's uh, the retro hail is very pleasant. Um, I'd say this is I'm probably like maybe a medium, maybe even a medium minus. What do you think? I'd definitely say medium. I I, I don't know that I would say medium minus. Um, maybe that's because of the because of my drink i feel like the drink is um the johnny walker is just toning it down a bit mm. i haven't had a lot of it with the drink i'm i'm really enjoying it on its own mm. um as i'm getting about a third down into the bowl the virginias are starting to pop and you know i'm still getting that that nutty kind of cocoa earthy flavors from the um burleys but you know those f dried fruits and that sweetness from the Virginias is really starting to pop for me. Are you two experiencing the same as you get down there? Yeah, I mean you're getting sweetness in the palate and retro. And I know mm. when I first lit it up, it was like really coming on the retro. Mm -hmm. But yeah, the Virginias are definitely kicking in because it's sweetness through and through right now. Mm -hmm. Oh, at our uh, pipe show. Um, a uh, week and a half ago, I picked up this pipe here. It's a um, the 2022 Pipe of the Year from Peterson. Mm, a very handsome pipe. I tweeted myself to the silver cap version. Um, it's a great smoker, but... Um, it looks like your uh, stem isn't fitted properly, but I know that, that, is, that on is on purpose. purpose. That yes. is on purpose. This is a particular design. It's called the B14 in the mm -hmm. whole Peterson line. This is a particular shape that they have not had in production for about 70 years. Wow. When they do a pipe of the year, they're generally bringing back a size that was popular at one point, mm -hmm. but hasn't been made for a while. And this particular style and shape uh, was the same that uh, Mark Twain preferred. Hmm. And he actually has a B14. There's a B14 of his um, at the Mark Twain Museum. Oh, wow. That uh, There's some history for you. So, awesome. you know, uh, you know, once once I started learning about the whole history of the shape and who smoked it and and that it was, you know, a, a historically, you know, accurate to the original shape that was made back when Mark Twain was smoking. Um I, I couldn't resist. No, it's a great-looking pipe. Mm. It was one of the ones I was looking at, too. I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, we had another we had another customer who picked another one up today. We still have uh, what's left 
of the pipe show pipes uh, out there for people to look at and um it's been great it's been great to see you know you know when we when we do a, a pipe show at, at twins and again this this kind of lean goes back to the whole when you have people who are familiar with the product and how to use it um stuff works stuff sells people you know find out about it they get interested in it they try it they people who are interested in it start hearing about it um you know one of the things that that i'm proud of at twins is that all of the tobacconists who work there you know are at, at the very least familiar enough with pipes and pipe smoking that they can help somebody who's there looking for that you know i i think i'm the darth piper of pipes at twins i'm probably the guy who smokes pipes more than anybody else mm -hmm. but everybody else you know uh at the very least is comfortable enough to help people you know in that area if that's what they're interested in and again that's something that's very unique to twins and and you know it, it's been interesting to me that that you know we put that we play we we put out all the pipes for that sale about a week before the event and it wasn't because of anything other than i i knew my schedule and i knew all the other things that were going on at twins and i said this is the saturday before the event is probably the best day for me to get this out <laughs> Mm -hmm. without having to rush at the end and that turned out to be true but you know in the weeks in the week before and the week and a half after we've probably sold almost as many pipes as we did the day of the event which i think is amazing you know um about half the pipes that they sent us are gone but such a beautiful display too yeah the the nice round table i i love that yeah it was such a good idea when you first did it with like you know the swords and everything mm -hmm. like that that was like i'm like yeah we do that all the time yeah that was beautiful you know uh, one of the the pluses of doing a round table for the display instead of a square rectangle table is there's 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 really no separation between you and the customer mm. and the re the or the rep and the customer the the rep is no longer behind the table talking to you they're they're right next to you uh moving along around the circle uh if you it's, will it's definitely a customer friendly you know, yeah thought. it creates a much more customer friendly thing it's yeah. it's much it's a much it makes it friendlier it makes it easier i think for customers to ask questions and um it really looks cool too yeah I mean, that's it, it adds right. it adds a, an appropriate amount of romanticism to the pipes it's mm -hmm. really nice especially when you can organize them in like that you know you know this is this brand that's that brand on you know the half of the half of the circle and mm -hmm. then you know as you work your way in where it increases the price you know stuff like that mm -hmm. it's just it's just really um really good optics mm -hmm. it's those little things mm -hmm. that count it's the little things that count. Um, now, Pat, you you and I have been, you know, we're we're obviously very passionate about scar and pipe education, and you know, we've been wanting to to really kind of take things to the next level with that. 
you want to talk about some of the ideas we've got kind of in the works? Yeah, so um, Dan and I are kind of working on offering a um, Tobacco University class mm -hmm. at Twins, and that would entail going through the um, the Certified Consumer Tobacco and CCT, where, you know, a consumer can, you know, enroll in the class, and then through how many classes we decide works best, you would touch on every subject the university has to offer, and then we would then proctor or give you access to the exam, we can be certified, and, you know, that would touch on everything, pipes, cigars, humidor etiquette, all the appliances used, how to season a humidor, how to gauge a hygrometer, um, different regions where tobacco's grown, what that tobacco mm -hmm. looks like and tastes like from those regions, the anatomy of a pipe, you know, the different varietals of pipe tobacco, the um, different um, nicotana tobacco, different strands of dark and light tobacco. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you would learn really the same, you know, fundamental knowledge that all of us have learned and then kind of set that foundation that I had when I first got into cigars and um, pipes to where I built what I did. And Dan, when it comes to the pipes, went further than I did with pipes for sure. But, you know, we all kind of started from the same kind of yep. seed. So going from there, it really, you know, it's really just to the conversation of allowing consumers who want to learn more it's giving you an avenue not just to pick our brains and kind of a retail setting but to kind of take it like your own initiative and to right. use us to learn really what you want to learn and more than what we can provide for you at the retail yeah and you know what i'm excited about is you know you can you can read jorge's book the tobacconist handbook you can go online and and he's got a bunch a bunch of animated videos and slides and and uh, movies uh, that go through the information in his book but uh, you know again I think that you can add something to that by making it personal by having it something that you are watching with and and learning with with people who you know have relationships with um, at your shop and so we're working on putting together something where um, customers will be able to come in and really dig into this hobby and dig into those areas of the whole history of cigar smoking, the history of pipe smoking, um, all of the um, uh, facts about how cigars are uh, made from the process, you know, from planting the seeds all the way through the fermentation process to how cigars are rolled there's different rolling techniques how that's used why they're why they're different um, the benefits of each um, learning the whole you know uh, tasting uh, profiles and how you do that and why it's important to know um, you know where tobaccos are from and how growing regions you know can impact uh, the different tastes, flavors, and uh, of a cigar, um, and and the same with pipe tobacco. And um, we're getting near the end of this. We're we're, you know, 
Pat's done a lot of the grunt work um, going through the tobacconist handbook and kind of pulling out the the basics of that so that what we cover in in our sessions um, will cover what's necessary in the in the book so that um, you know you know some people learn better by reading some people learn better by hearing and seeing and Pat and I are trying to produce that hearing and seeing part of things so that um, uh, people can really digest that material and get into this um, really hobby that really kind of beckons you to get involved with the whole history of it, how it's done, why it's done. Well, it's 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 so cool to be able to, like, you know, when you read the book and you see this is a Burley, this is a Virginia, this is an Oriental, mm -hmm. and then to actually, like, see them. Mm -hmm. Like, this is a Burley, this is a Virginia, mm -hmm. and then, you know, smoke them. That's that's even better, you know. I, th I think this is such a great idea. I mean, Twins has always been you know experience first and you know the thing we talk about a lot is we're selling the experience yep. and i think one of the motives behind why i really wanted to get this done was because i mean you're taught and everyone i'm sure that watches the show knows that you know all of your senses are engaged when you're doing luxury tobacco whether it's a pipe or it's a cigar so you know making a way to kind of dive into this knowledge involve all five of those senses you know like <clears throat> getting a group of people together that share the same passion mm. being able to learn and not only just pick our brains but we can learn from the consumers and the people that are sitting there as well and there really is like a, a spiritual aspect to getting a bunch of people together that share the same passion yeah, and divulging further into that passion you know and it, it's again we're still working on everything but the idea of it after you get certified is we would still continue on further. Mm. Now, what that looks like, I can't guarantee what that looks like yet, but I intend on us meeting as a group, whether it's monthly, every other week, and then still contributing to that conversation by reviewing cigars, looking at current litigation going on, mm -hmm. and just, you know, even extra classes, you know. Yeah. Um, and just going more into like what you would call like the fun stuff, like the stuff that isn't just the the books and, and the you know tobacco, but you know stuff that's like current industry trends, you know stuff that's going on right now yeah. that happened after the book was published or updated. So, yeah, I mean you know some of the we're we're doing some of that already in in our uh, monthly pipe club um, group that we run, and it's I call it a group. Um, it's the second Saturday of the month from 12 to 4 at the Twins Londonderry location. There's always something pipe-related going on in the retail section down there. Last time it was having Jeremy Reeves there, and we had a major pipe sale with Loud DC Distribution Group with Peterson and Savinelli, mm -hmm. and we did a pipe dinner and everything. That's going to end up being a yearly thing now, I'm excited to say. Mm -hmm. Um Jeremy Reeves is already booked. Yeah, uh, yeah Jeremy Reeves year. was so excited about that. Yeah, he's, <clears> he's <throat> pumped. But, you know, one of the things that we did at that, which I, I'd love to do with cigars too, you know, is uh, for the last two years, we've done a series of blind tastings. And one of the reasons for that, uh, I had two reasons really. One was 
to teach people how to taste. Because when you take the label away and you take the description away and you say, here, smoke this stuff, you don't know what it is. Now you're having to really think about what is it that I'm smoking? What are the flavors I'm getting? Do I like it or not? How is it working? Because you have no idea what it actually is. <clears throat> and so in that way, you're training your palate to recognize what types of tobacco are in the blend. Um, how do you pick out this or that tobacco? Uh, and then the other reason to do it is um, to experience how much brand awareness has an impact on your idea of a tobacco being enjoyable or not. And it's always really interesting to see how some tobaccos that, you know, came out of a tin that is really, really hot, when you smoke it outside of the tin, it may not be that hot anymore because you're smoking it blind. And to see how advertising and, and your idea of what to expect because of the brand associated with it impacts how you actually experience the tobacco. And to do that with cigars, too, would be really cool. I'd love to do that. I'd love to do some blind tastings with some cigars, maybe some really popular blends alongside cigars that are of a similar blend but maybe not so popular, and see if people can find the difference. Mm. What would you think of that, Pat? Yeah, I mean, it just goes down to, <clears throat> you know, after completing the course, you're going to be at the same level expertise-wise as we are. And, again, being able to have that group of people together and then do these kinds of things is unique because not only... Is it just Dan and I sitting down and talking about brand awareness? But now we have a pool of consumers who can also contribute to that too. So I mean, it's and then you get more opinions of it, you mm -hmm. know, and it's an educated opinion. And so, hopefully, those consumers help other consumers too. Well, and that's you the know? thing, you know. And I, I'm pretty aware of a lot of the conversations that go on in the industry, just because I do a lot of my own research. And truly, one of the things that I've heard many, many times that I think the entire industry can get better at is, you know, putting pressure because at the end of the day, the B and M is the livelihood of the industry. Mm -hmm. You know, like that is the person to person. That's who's educating on products. It's really the front line of the industry. You know, whether you buy from online because you don't have a B and M with you, like that B and M presence is really imperative to the industry. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't think we do a good enough job at really raising the awareness of what's going on and part of that really is educating that the consumer yeah. you know and it's it's not that because again in the retail experience there's only so much we can do like you know because mm -hmm. the stuff that <clears throat> should be known is going to take a lot longer than your typical retail experience mm -hmm. and i think that twins kind of implementing this class is is a really positive step that i hope other places start taking yeah <clears throat> How important is it, do you think, for people to really dig more into whether it's cigars or pipes than just the casual interest of things? How, how much of an impact do you think that makes on a person's experience? 
substantial. You know, it's it goes down to the conversation we had in the beginning of the show about, you know, my example of, like, someone just blindly buying an Atabay because they think mm-hmm. of the quality of it. But at the end of the day, I'll, I'll use the Atabay as an example. That's what I've been using. But, you know, like, the Atabay, you're not just paying for the label. You know, like, the, the fermentation process and the curing process in Costa Rica where Atabay is at like it, it's it's very unique and there's a lot that goes into it mm-hmm. and even the simple thing of having you know the sleeve foot of the seat uh, of the cellophane cut off like mm. that all goes into because when the cigar is aging they have different woods and cedars in there and it's absorbing and exhaling ammonia and absorbing the aroma like there's a lot that goes into that cigar th- more so than other cigars just because there's a lot more attention to detail put into it so you're paying for that extra kind of labor and um administration to that cigar and being able to understand why you're purchasing that i'll call it ultra premium cigar mm-hmm. is is to me important you know because yeah. i mean you can obviously smoke that cigar and not know anything about it it's a good cigar you know you like it you like it more than other cigars so you just keep buying it but i think that when you understand what's going into that cigar it makes that experience a lot more richer and then it's not only just for the atabase but i mean just even understanding just different regions of tobacco, like if, you know, to the question we answered previously, you know, like sweet and smooth, mm. you know, like th- that could, when you go into a, you know, a B&M, when you go to a tobacconist, if you say sweet and smooth, I mean, all three of us could probably throw different cigars out at you Correct. all day about what you're gonna, what's going to give that to you. But subjectively... <laughs> Your sweet's different than my sweet, and there's a certain kind of sweetness you're looking for in a cigar that I would never understand because mm-hmm. I don't have your palate. Right. And mm-hmm. understanding regions of tobacco and what that tobacco is going to be and how it's going to taste is is paramount for you to be able to find what you're looking for. You know, like, you know, I can sit here and say that, you know, for instance, like, Nicaraguan tobacco has, you know, a salty note, especially like Nicaraguan Jalapa has a Mm -hmm. really mineral salt kind of flavor to it, where a lot of Dominican tobacco, like Olor Dominicana, has a really kind of sweet note to it. So if you're coming to me and you want a certain kind of sweetness, I might give you, you know, Pauente or Fuente and (laughs) hope that that's giving you that sweetness. But then Dan referenced a cigar that's a Nicaraguan cigar, the San Andreas Negro Tonto Binder, which Mm -hmm. to me is where that sweetness comes from, minus the questionable cap on the cigar but um <laughs> binder but again binder, san andreas binder. from mexico can have that sweetness to it you know can mm-hmm. i get broadleaf can so it's like what sweetness are you looking for and i think when you learn more about the product in the tobacco i think that is going to open the door for you to find like that exact note that you're looking for because that's what it did for me you know yeah. it's like when i when i know what i'm looking for at that time i can kind of gauge from different cigars in the regions what cigar to smoke you know so and it mm-hmm. goes to the pairing too like you can almost know a bourbon or sip a bourbon and then have that knowledge to just pick a cigar out yourself that's going to pair remarkably with it just because you know what's in that cigar and mm-hmm. what it's going to taste like before you even smoke it or at least a general understanding of what the individual tobaccos will taste like mm-hmm. you know it's going to be a little bit different when they're all together but I think it's probably like one of the most important things we can do um, as a shop is to provide a service like that because a lot of that stuff these days is lost. Like, for mm. instance, the visceral feel of a, of a standard in a car, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's the romance of it. 
you know, and all that is like been translated from reality to YouTube or mm -hmm. TikTok, you know, mm -hmm. and to have something visceral and, you know, and in your face and real is, is I think these days even more important than it ever was. Yeah. I mean, you know, one of, one of my big things too is continuing education for us in a, another week, we're going to have a, a training on uh, foundation cigars mm -hmm. from um, Eduardo. I'm looking forward to that. Who's the uh, um, national sales manager for foundation cigars. Um, Pat won't be there because he's in class. But, you know, having those times with people from these companies to come and talk to us about what's in their cigars, how they're made, where they're made, the story behind them, um, all, you know, creates a kind of a passion and desire to talk about it to customers. And, you know, so this is something we're constantly experiencing over and over. And um, we're really wanting to share with our customers. So I'm, I'm hopeful that this uh, course that Pat and I have been uh, working real hard on and being totally transparent right now that Pat's been working really hard on <laughs> is, is going to be a real uh, is going to come to fruition and it's going to be a huge benefit to the customers of twins because I, I don't think it's possible to put too much into this and you know correct me if i'm wrong but you know cigar smoking pipe smoking they both kind of have this kind of innate pull to learn more about everything about it from the history to the process to um how to discern tastes and flavors and, and how things are put together and how things are made. You, you agree? Well, it's like one of those things that's been around for like ever too. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? It's not something new, you know, cigars right. have been around for centuries. Yeah. Pipes have been around for thousands of years. Mm -hmm. Like this is like, it's inbred in like human history mm -hmm. and um, you know, it's been there forever. And some of the most influential and important people the human race has ever produced, most of them were smokers, you know, and it, yep. it's, it's, it's awesome. Hard to believe you leftists, but it's true. You cigar smoking Nazis. Uh, it's, 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 yeah, the, the people have been for religious reasons for spiritual reasons for health reasons have been smoking in one form or another uh for thousands of years it's something that the human race has done for a very very long time and understanding that and getting into that i think is just something that's really really interesting and is for people who are you know more than just the casual you know I get a cigar when I go camping in the summer, you know, kind of guy. That's something that people are going to want to get into. I'm really excited about this class. I'm mm -hmm. excited about um, really getting, I, I would love to have, I'd love to have like 20 people sign up for this thing. Do it. I don't know where we would put 20 people, but I would love to have 20. I, I would love to have so many people sign up that we have to go to Kurt and say, <laughs> we have a problem, Kurt. We need to like rent the room or, <laughs> <laughs> or, or something. 
And then also, if people can't attend because they live far away, you know, the glory thing about COVID is we've figured out how to do stuff from a distance. So, I mean, it's yep. not unlikely yep. that we can, can figure out. Set up out, a Zoom class. Yeah, it's get know. a cloud going, post on Zoom. You but, yep. you know, I definitely think people should be there in person. I'm but happy to if you're unable to, like, it's we're definitely going to be able to bring that experience to you at home. So it's, Well, definitely be a plus for Rod if we were able to do mm-hmm. something virtual for him you know that's uh, pat that is a really good point that um you know what what if this is something that we could stream while we were doing it or create you know videos while we were doing it for so for people like rod who live 1500 miles from the nearest tobacco shop could actually take part in it too yeah i mean we could set up a cloud base online that's password protected because you don't want you know, we yep. don't want to have it going out everywhere, but and people could access that. And then even if you're studying for the test on your own time, you can have access to the PowerPoints and yeah, the content. And Tobacconist University is available every anywhere you, you know, you've got a computer, mm-hmm. you know. So um, this is really cool. This is something that, uh, you know, the final details haven't been uh, worked out yet, but we're, you know. The, well on its way. It's yeah. well on its way. Beautiful. And um, we're hopeful that, you know, in the very near future, this is something we're going to start at, at Twins. What's our final, um, well, before we get to the final verdict on the on the thing, would you rather have the cigar pairing or the pipe pairing again hmm. for a would you rather question? I think I'm going to have to go with the cigar pairing. I have a would you rather question. Yeah. Let's supplement that one. So would you rather have no highways and everything's back roads or only be able to communicate through email. Where did that question come from? I was riding home in the car and I was like, oh, Dan, would you rather suck? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to get one. Hey, Pat, I'm gonna be make... honest about it. <laughs> yeah, I know. Say what you really feel. So I'm going to make one <laughs> that you have to think about. Would I rather there be back roads and no highways or only communicate through email? Only communicate through email. So you don't have a phone anymore. I mean, you can have a phone, but it's all email. Like no phone calls or anything like that. Uh, Yeah, I'm going for the back roads. I like the scenic route. I almost always have like no tolls and no highways selected on my GPS just by default because I like learning how to get to places. Imagine if you want to go for like a beach trip in the Cape that turns into like a four-hour drive. Well, that's part of the part of the romance of it, man. You know, it's the drive. What happens if there's a detour? Then you know the way. But you just I mean, go back on the freeway. I don't. I, I guess <laughs> that's the whole point of the detour. No, Detours like, you back to the freeway. So, like one of the things that I grew up with, and Dan, you can attest to this, because Dad was like this. He mm-hmm. loved the scenic route. Yeah. He loved alternate routes. Yep. And and this was before GPS. He knew mm-hmm. how to get anywhere in all of like. Oh, jeez. Like almost anywhere, really. didn't matter if it was, you went out to Pennsylvania. He knew the back roads. Mm-hmm. It didn't matter if he was going to Maine. He knew the back roads. You know, it was crazy. I'm like, how much of this freaking U.S. did he have in his head? You know? Yep. And it was, it was, I've, I've always loved doing that. It's just like going the scenic route. Mm. I love it. I don't know. I'm, you know, because I'm, I'm not I'm, giving up. I'm a much better writer than I am a talker. <laughs> you know, so email is is kind of, uh, you know, I, I I like written communication. 
Um, but I don't know if I could give up totally talking to people over the phone. I, I, uh, Too much of a convenience. I think I would go with the back roads. Hmm. I'd rather have back roads. What about you, Pat? What about you, Pat? What I'll about you, Pat? What about you, Pat? Back roads. What are you? Back. <laughs> back You're a back road person, too? Yeah. Is that it? That's not a you. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I would go back roads. <laughs> um, what's, what's the final verdict here on the um, pipe tobacco? It's fantastic. I thought it was really good. I, I, I liked it a lot. Um, very smooth, very creamy, had a lot of nuances to it. Um, it's definitely something I'd be willing to smoke again. Mm-hmm. What about you, Pep? It was really good. I, I noticed in like the back third of the bowl, like it got like really, really spicy. Yeah. I like yeah, that. I did too. The spice really picked up near the end. Um, um, mm-hmm. Pat and I completely finished our bowls. Dave is still working on his apparently. Norting. Norting. Mm-hmm. My almost two inch deep bowl. So. <laughs> All right. Well, next week on the show, we're going to be talking via Skype to uh, Cavaliers Brian Matola. He'll be coming at us from Miami, and um, if all things go according to plan, we're oh going to have a uh, a um, movie to show. He's movie. making a uh, virtual tour of the Cavalier factory, and um, I'm wicked pumped about that to get a tour of the the factory there and um for our pipe tobacco we're going to be looking at peterson's uh deluxe mixture which is something that we have uh, just brought into twins recently um and i'm really excited about that that's one of peterson's uh mixtures it's not a dunhill that's been redubbed peterson it's a peterson mixture and uh, I'm really excited about having that on the show next week. So make sure you're here with us next Tuesday, 8 o'clock. If you're going to watch live, if you're going to listen after the fact, oh, well, you'll have to wait another week. But we'll see you next Tuesday. We'll be right here at 8 o'clock. Don't miss. We'll see you then. And that's not just blowing smoke. You've been listening to Not Just Blowing Smoke, the podcast that brings the wealth of knowledge, expertise, and fun of Twins Smoke Shop, New England's premier smoke shop, right to you, wherever you are, whenever you want it. You can find us at our website, notjustblowingsmoke.com, and keep in touch with us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram at NotJustBlowingSmoke. Thanks for listening, everybody. And that is Not Just Blowing Smoke. Rolling with the top down, smoking